Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickle. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast. And it's going to be an exciting day today because I'm interviewing Julian Smith. And Julian kind of did things backwards in his career. You know, a lot of us go out, we build businesses, and then, you know, all of us kind of have this feeling that, hey, I'd like to go write a book and get out there and, and you know, put my, my ideas out there. Well, he kind of did it backwards. Uh, he was one of the original guys on the internet uh, with blogging and a lot of stuff like that. And he got a book deal when he was really young and, you know, really took off as an author first and then has since become a business owner. So I think you all will really enjoy his story today. And he's a, he's a fun guy to talk to. So Julian, welcome to the show, my friend. Yeah, thanks for having me, dude. I'm so glad to have you on here. Uh, so let's start. Tell us a little bit about your story. I mean, I kind of led yeah. into it, but you you tell it better, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll really give you the, I think what I was really good at when I was really young is, is just like trying new things. I was an early adopter of a lot of stuff. Okay. Uh, we were talking right before the show and you were like, oh yeah, you got your Twitter handle, Julian Smith. I was like, no, it's Julian. <laughs> I've been there for a very long time. I was in the first 10,000 users of Twitter. That's how I ended up wow. with that name. Uh, and so I think historically, like I've just done things early over and over and over again. I started one of the first podcasts in the world. I ran it. Okay. Uh, it ended up on Sirius Satellite Radio wow. back when podcasting was just really being invented. And uh, and so, you know, back in the day when social media was very small, it was very like kind of niche communities and we would get together locally to you'd have a pod camp in Boston you'd have another one in New York you'd have another mm -hmm. one in you know in wherever you know in Austin Texas wherever it is yeah and we would almost like almost like the Grateful Dead like we would just go to all of them over and over and over You're again a roadie yeah that's what it felt like I'm serious and so we would end up in the same groups over and over and over again from town mm -hmm. to town and so we had written some ebooks me and a co-author and uh, and we were we were basically tapped to take it, one of these ebooks and to turn it into a quote unquote real book. And so this book was published in 2009. I was 29, 28, something like that at that time. Yeah. Uh, and because of the timing of the book, it was one of the first social media marketing books ever to exist, maybe the first one. And uh, it uh, it became a huge uh, New York Times bestseller. What and was so, book, by the way, the name, title of the book is called Trust Agents. Okay. And it was about how to, for uh, how really for how to have a company be able to authentically engage online. And a lot of the stuff that you see nowadays that is basically considered pretty standard yeah. were things that we were like, speak authentically in the voice of a human, like all these other things that we kind of just told people to it do. Shocking back then. That they were. It, yeah. It is yeah. what it but, is. This is what you and have and to now do. it's kind of taken for granted, I think, to a degree. Sure. But but basically, this started my career off. I had some rando job before that, but I had gotten this expertise. So all of a sudden, I got speaking gigs. I had book deals. It wasn't like my life was all roses, but it definitely was better than before. Mm -hmm. but, the, but the irony of it 
is I would do these speaking gigs and I had never really run a business. Not really. Right. Which is ironic, but somehow it still worked. And, and I did that for three books. And I, so going from my first book, uh, Trust Agents, which is the one we just talked about, I wrote another book, Flinch. And that book was about like how to do hard things and why people don't do this, the thing they say they want to do. Mm -hmm. And that was a book, by the way. Or like write a book, for example. <laughs> and that took off in a completely different way. And even today, people uh, email me about it. And then I wrote another book, uh, Impact Equation. Right around this time, I was like, I was like, I, could t- I think I could just keep writing books one every year. That's what people do sometimes in that space. Mm-hmm. They, do, they do a book and they, they sell that talk. And then they yeah. sell that talk all year. And then they go from one to another to another. But I, I had this idea in me that I felt was really going to, uh, make a difference. And I don't know why, but I had this crazy, probably irrational confidence in being able to uh, think of this. I had a few, most of my friends were like doing regular things. They weren't in tech. They they didn't know how to code or anything like that. But I had more experience with tech because of all of this social media stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, and someone convinced me that I should raise money for it. And what it ended up becoming is it ended up becoming a flexible real estate business where you could rent spaces that mostly were rented for meeting rooms, but mm. they weren't like in a big space, like a co-working space. They were distributed throughout the city. Okay. And so they would be like one in one building, one in another mm. building next door, one in another building next after that, and so on. And we ended up with 250 employees. I raised $150 million for this business. It was called nice. Breather. It was at breather.com. It's still there. And um, and I was CEO for the first five years. And I again, I had, once again, I had never run a business before, but somehow I was able to communicate well enough mm-hmm. that I was able to get people to believe in this yeah. and to hire some people. And, you know, looking back on it, it it's kind of, it was a wild ride. And then after about five years, I was like, I was like, I, I really was still learning how to be a CEO. I was really learning as I was going. Yeah, I, I was surrounded by some really smart people, but I was like, I do not like, like real estate is not the space for me. Mm-hmm. And and so we hired an outside CEO, and I joined. I'm already on the board, but I I stayed on the board of this business, and. Basically, I learned from that perspective how to be on the board of a company, how to really be an outsider, so to speak, even though I started the business, mm-hmm. and how to really operate a business and watch professionals do it. Yeah. And so uh, I did this for a couple of years, and then I started another business called Practice. Practice is at practice.do, which is where you can find it. And it's principally right now, it's intended to serve coaches and help them manage their front of office and their mm-hmm. back of office. Okay. And so... It, that will expand over time to solopreneurs. We've raised about $10 million today from Andreessen Horowitz, one of the best investors out there, from Tony Robbins, uh, from a bunch of other really A-plus type of investors. Yeah. And uh, and we're just out there growing and it's really working very well. I got a team of about 20 people. So that's what I do today. Today, nice. what I do is I raise, I raise venture capital <laughs> with ideas. I build a team around that idea, and then I go out into the market and I execute on that plan to turn it into a real thing. Nice. So are you going to continue to do that kind of work going forward, or is is practice kind of the thing? You know, the way that I, this is a good question. The way that I think about it is uh, whenever I'm running a business, I feel I want, my perspective is I'm going to run it forever. Yeah. And so I think of it like, I know now, like, 
you know, you, you don't change the world in, in one or two years. <laughs> and, and and it really takes a long time to have a big impact on things. Mm -hmm. uh, Breather became a huge brand. It was used by millions of people. Even today, it's used by a lot of people. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but it took years for that to happen, way longer than a kid mm -hmm. like me at that time yeah, I uh, really uh, practically had the patience for it. So now I realize, oh, I, I really, you need to pick your battles in mm -hmm. business and you would better care about the things that you do. Otherwise you can get burnt out. Yeah. And, and I knew that helping solo individuals, really empowering them was something that I really cared about and something that I knew I could do for a long time. So I always think of it as being the last business I'll ever run. Sure. Right. Probably won't be, but yeah, it's, <laughs> by, by our nature as entrepreneurs, we always mm -hmm. find something that's like, hey, there's a problem here. Let me fix that. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, it, and it sounds like, I mean, it, it's so early on, there's so many things that you could do in that business. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's really amazing. Um, so I, I look forward to digging into it a little bit more myself, because like I said, mm -hmm. there's some things there's some things we do in our world that, that may you know be a good mix with that. For sure. um, you know, what... For for somebody that's sitting out there, so let, mm -hmm. let's go back to the 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 book part of it first. Yeah, you know somebody today. So you know you you had more of a traditional publishing route before. You know somebody that's sitting there today that says I've got a lot of great ideas and mm -hmm. I want to write a book. You know yeah. what would you recommend? What's the what's the process you would recommend in today's world? Yeah, you? you know it it it. First, I will say often. People don't want to be writers. This is something we touched on a little bit. Yep. What they want is they want to just have a book. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and, if I could just put my name on a book and not have to do the work, yeah, that would be much better. Yeah. I, I know some famous people that do that. I won't mention yeah. their names, but the, I know I know of some people that do that. Mm -hmm. And and so uh, what what they want is they want to have a book. And ideally, they want it to sell well. So mm -hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna basically give you the secret. Yeah. to having a book sell well. And the answer is, is going to be a little bit good news and a little bit bad news. It's good news because you can control it. Yeah, It's bad news because it requires a lot of work. The answer mm -hmm. is you got to own a channel. Yeah, And that channel can be email. It can be a fax machine. It can be a social media account. It can be a website. It can be a podcast. It can be anything. It doesn't even matter so long and it doesn't even matter how big it is mm -hmm. it matters that it is engaged people that are your tribe mm -hmm. and that want that resonate with you and that you resonate with them and that you have enough of them that are willing to say you know what i like this guy or i like this girl and uh, i'm willing to give them a shot right yeah. and so that's that's the, that's the guaranteed way and by the way that's not the guaranteed path to even self-publishing. You can do that today if you want and put it on Amazon with your romance novel or what have you and give it a shot there if that's what you want to do. Mm -hmm. But that is the shot to traditional publishing. Mm -hmm. And the reason it's a shot to traditional publishing is that just like you and I don't know what the next hit is that's going to come out, they kind of don't know either. Yeah. And because they don't know, they're like, well, let's put some sure bets on, which is why you're seeing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 these days and not some unique you know, movie or what have you, is because of the fact that we're looking for sure things. And the best yeah. way to look for sure things in traditional publishing is to find channels that are successful. That's yeah. what they do. And so that's what you should do. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, so, you know, you then went off and kind of started your own show. For somebody that's sitting there today, 
you know, I mean, you were, you were a successful author, you were out there, you're making money, uh, going from that to, Hey, I'm a, I'm a money raiser for businesses. What was that? What was that process for you to make that, that change? Yeah. You know, Cause that's not something you just do overnight. You know, all of a sudden yeah. I'm going to create a business and go raise, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, there had yeah. to be a process. I mean, yeah, and I have to tell you that it was by the seat of my pants. I don't, I don't <laughs> mind telling you. Uh, the, I was I was talking to friends of mine who had kind of maybe raised like 500K once. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that'd be a good goal. But what, what it really did is, is uh, in, in, in tech, we have this, this expression, product market fit. Okay. And so what I did was, is I was able to raise about a million and a half bucks mm-hmm. from some regular folks and some yeah. funds and some kind of like a few like kind of famous people. And I was able to take that million and a half bucks and say, I think we got something here. Go from just an idea mm-hmm. to, I think we have something here. Uh, yeah. Often when people start a business, what they try is they say, look at all these proof points here. Mm-hmm. And so I look at all this stuff. You should look at all these proof points. We did all this stuff. I actually don't believe in that attitude. And I think a lot of people out there that are in venture capital today would say to you that if you're starting to be a founder of a business, you want to be a CEO of business, just pitch the idea. Mm-hmm. And the reason that that's important is because, and it's actually, they make fun of this in Silicon Valley, the show, the, the, they make fun of it and they say, no, 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 no revenue. <laughs> and what they mean when they say no revenue is that then there's no proof point saying to you that the revenue is small. Mm-hmm. And so I, with, with practice and same thing with uh, Breather, my previous company, my first financial like raising of money, which is like a couple million bucks each time was just pitching with a deck. Okay. And just pitching a deck and just saying, I believe that this is a good idea. Supporting documents, the deck is well-designed, mm-hmm. uh, you know, an idea of market size and other things like that, and trying to build a team ideally. But you've got this thing, and then and then it's just a concept, and you don't have to destroy that concept with bad data. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not enough people there. And then you have a real shot at it. And so yes. uh, that's what I would suggest. You, you get a wide network of people as wide as you can, and you pitch them something pure. And by pure, I mean... It's not out there in the world yet. It's an idea and mm-hmm. we're going to execute on it once we have the cash that we've raised. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of when, you know, starting co-working spaces, you know, and I, I started my first co-working space probably eight years ago, you know, mm-hmm. and there, there were none in the town where I lived. So trying to explain this to a banker was hilarious. Oh you yeah. Know, I bet. They, they, they didn't get it. You know, it's like, well, this mm-hmm. is not traditional real estate. And then finally I found one banker, after mm-hmm. I went to 17 different bankers and got turned yeah. down, I finally found mm-hmm. one that was crazy enough to go, hey, I kind of get your whole idea of you sell the same spot over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> and it was, you know, that was the aha moment. But yeah, I mean, we I, I we didn't have a concept. I mean, the, the funniest part was when I started the co-working space, it was over the it was over the Thanksgiving holiday in 2015. Mm-hmm. And I just had a concept in my head of what this thing was going to look like. And I actually put together a fake web page. Mm-hmm. I went and just got a whole bunch of different pictures from the internet that sort of looked like they were the same, put up a landing page. And then I ran Facebook ads mm-hmm. for a week during Thanksgiving. I figured most people would be sitting there with their sure. phones watching, you know, because they didn't want to be with their families. And they'd be watching <laughs> Facebook. And I ended up with, I think we we had like 10,000 impressions. You know, mm-hmm. I ran it like in a very specific area. Sure. 
Yeah. We had like 10,000 impressions. We had, I think, 2,000 people click through to my FACO webpage. Mm-hmm. And 10% of them put their uh, their information in that, hey, when this thing is open, you know, mm-hmm. I want to I want to hear about it. So yeah. it was like, yeah, I had no, I mean, it was just completely, uh, you know, made up at that point. But I think you've mm-hmm. got to do that uh, you do. before you, you gotta, spend, yeah. you know, forever building a business that nobody actually wants to fund. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, and it, it, the idea, you know, you got to confront reality as much as possible as an entrepreneur. That's one of yeah. the hardest things to do because you have to add this, this eternal kind of optimism, right? Mm-hmm. And the bigger your vision is, the bigger your optimism has to be and the yeah. longer it has to last. Yeah. But meanwhile, you got real stuff breathing like reality and rent or whatever it is, you know, in whatever mm-hmm. business you're at, uh, breathing down your neck and, and forcing you to to reconcile those two things, which is like this dream and this reality at the same time. And so that's like one of the hardest things. I, as a result of, my father was an exec coach. Okay. He was an exec coach for 40, 50 years. Mm-hmm. And I coach a few first-time CEOs mm-hmm. that have also raised venture capital as a thing that I do okay. while, I'm, while I'm running this software business mm-hmm. for coaches. Yeah. And one of the things that I recognize the most is uh, people need a high level of self-awareness. I'll give you an okay. example. I coach a, uh, a, it's a client of mine who is a CEO who's raised for an insurance technology company about 30, 40, $50 million, something like nice. that. Yeah. And so he's done that over the period of about three years. It's a really fast growing company. Mm-hmm. He said, I got to get in there with the sales sometimes and I got to make sure that the sales are working well. So sometimes I have to intervene to make sure that the sales are going well. Makes so sense. I talked to his chief of staff. I did it this morning. Mm. And I interviewed the chief of staff and I talked to them and I say, what is this guy good at? <laughs> and this chief of staff doesn't mention sales at all. <laughs> so, so, so something's going on there. I still don't, I still haven't gotten to the bottom of it, mm. but it gives you a sense as to, like that awareness that you need and how real you got to be as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. to be make sure that you're not tripping yourself up as you do it. Yeah. Right. That's hilarious. Yeah. Just <laughs> sales. Oh, he's horrible at sales. We don't want him. If we want him to get out. Of I'm it. not, I'm not sure which one is, is true. Right. But the point <laughs> is, is like as an entrepreneur, you got to get to the truth. Correct. Are, are there going to be customers? Am I actually good at this thing? You got to mm-hmm. you got to know that as soon as possible. And and I think more than anything when you're starting a small company, what it, what do I royally suck at that I need mm-hmm. to hire? That should be my first hires. Let me find people that that can do the things I suck at. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, so that I'm not in the middle of doing a lot of operation stuff that I'm not good mm-hmm. at and everything else. Well, that's awesome. Um, so what's, you know, what do you see, you know, because a practice do, or practice do is is starting to grow. What do you see? I mean, what what does it do currently? And what do you see kind of it doing down the road? Yeah. So, I mean, so our company is growing quickly in terms of customers, right? Okay. And um, we are building out, basically, we try to grow our business by about, it's a fast growing startup. So it's, it's okay. intended to grow about 20% every month. Nice. And so we grow our user base, so customer base, about 20% mm-hmm. every month currently. And when you're in a fast growing startup, the job is to get enough proof points doing this mm-hmm. to be able to raise a larger round of financing that will allow you to attack an even bigger opportunity. Okay. And so the path today is to do well in the coaching space. We do a lot of a lot of that by education, mm-hmm. by publishing a lot of articles around how, for example, a thing that we recently did that did very well is like if, if people are have a 
they run a coaching business, they want to run a coaching business, they don't have a contract, mm -hmm. we offer them free contract like stuff so they sure. can build their own contract for free instead of talking to a lawyer, saves nice. them like $1,000, right? Mm -hmm. And so we offer them a lot of education stuff like that. And then we have a full suite of services inside. And so our job is, and the job of any startup really, if it's going to be successful, is to grow super fast, mm -hmm. like so fast, if it's going to work, it's going to make your head spin. Yeah. And, and so to do that consistently means you got to build the system, mm -hmm. right? So at the very beginning, you're like, I hope I grow it all. And the second job is to build a system around that growth. So you can get from, you know, $10,000 a month to a million dollars a month over a mm -hmm. period of whatever amount of time, the shortest time nice. possible. And so that's how we think about our business. So we've raised 10 million today. It's doing really well. We have most of that in the bank still. Mm -hmm. And then our job is to execute on our plan, get to the next financing and grow the business. So we can just not just serve coaches, but serve therapists, serve consultants, mm -hmm. nice. serve solopreneurs. That's sort of the next big milestone after that. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Well, um, I'm really excited to, to, like I said, explore that even more. So we're ready for the uh, fast five questions now. I'm ready. Give it to me. All right. So first one. You wake up in the morning, business is totally gone. You've got 500 bucks in your pocket, a laptop, computer, place to live, food. What do you do first? Okay, important side question. Do yes. I still know everybody that I know? Yes, you still have your network. Okay. okay, got it. Okay, so the first thing I do is I set up 10, 15, 20 conversations with people. Mm -hmm. And I set up those conversations and I go, it was all wiped out for some reason. I go... Talk to me about what is working today. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about what is out there today. And talk to me about who is out there building stuff today. So I want to either gather a team of people that really believe in something, or I want to find out what has developed in the market since I vanished or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. and went into a parallel dimension and get an understanding as to what the market is looking at, what's interesting and what's being built out there in the space. I go out there and I look for what is the next opportunity. It's not about my idea. Yeah. It's about the market timing and what is what is perfect for right now. Nice. I love that. All right. What's the biggest business mistake you've ever made? <laughs> I, I have I've made very big business mistakes. Oh, yeah. At the height, at the height of the last business that I was running. Um, we must have been burning, I want to say like over a million dollars a month. Okay. And so, so we're talking about big, big, gigantic amounts of cash being thrown into a fire. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and I was doing that while learning to be a CEO. So, <laughs> so the answer, so the answer is, is I, I should have gotten smarter about business when the business was smaller. Yes. Because when it was small, I would have learned a lot more making tinier mistakes. Mm -hmm. And that way, when it was bigger, I would have had more control over the stuff that was going on. Yeah, that is that is I mean, there's a lot of business mistakes when you run a business and you run a few of them. <laughs> That's how I think about one of the biggest ones, probably. Yeah. Yeah, it scaled faster than your your ability to run it at that. Yeah, point. well, all of a sudden you got bigger problems instead yeah. of small problems. My my favorite thing I've ever heard was uh, Bruce Springsteen said it. When you when you make more than five grand a day, you have more than five grand a day problems. Yeah, I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> What's a good book that you recommend for our audience? 
I, you know, there's a lot of books that I've, that I really think are super. Mm. One of the books from my space that just recently came out that is really excellent. Yeah. It was started by the founder of Okta, which is a company you might not have heard of, but it's actually an amazing company. Yeah. Uh, it's called Zero to IPO. Okay. And that company, that, that book, sorry, it just came out. It's got a big purple cover. Mm. And what's amazing about it is it's not talking to you like you're dumb. Yeah. But it starts from scratch. It talks about real problems that real entrepreneurs face, and mm-hmm. it gets it all the way to the point where the company became public. That's wow. that's a really impressive thing. Nice. What's the who's the author? I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> <laughs> the founder of Okta. I don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> founder yeah. of Okta. Okay, <laughs> we'll 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 put that in the in the show notes and uh, and link to Amazon so people can find it. So. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. What's a, a tool that you use in your business every day? I always use the example of yeah. like an Evernote. Uh, right. So I do, you, of course, I use practice, right? In order to okay. run my business as a yeah. coach. But I would say that in addition to that, one of the core things that we use today, we use Slack to communicate because my company is distributed all over the world. There's 19 people from literally everywhere. Nice. And then another one that we could not live without probably is a CRM like HubSpot. Okay. So, HubSpot is a big tool that we use for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Like I said that, yeah, Slack is, that's the most common thing I see, uh, you know, where, where you've got distributed teams all over the place. Cause you gotta, yeah, it's the only way to keep everybody in the, in the same loop. So what's the best way if somebody wants to uh, learn more about you or get in contact with you, what's the best way to get in contact? Yeah. I'm easy. I'm easy to reach. You can find me at twitter.com slash Julian, really simple. Uh, and, uh, or you can uh, email me at julian at practice.do, uh, but I'm really easy to Google Julian Smith. I'm all over the internet. Uh, I've been doing things for a long time, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm easy to find and, and see all the stuff that I've sort of done well or poorly throughout the year. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The internet is an equal opportunity. You, you your failures stay on there as well. So. You got it. <laughs> Well, Julian, thank you so much. Uh, Wonderful interview and and wonderful to see what you're doing with your business and really excited to see where practice.do goes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you for your time. Uh, So, uh, you know, those of you out in the audience, uh, certainly reach out to them. If you've got questions, Uh, go out to practice.do and, and especially if you're in the coaching world, it's already set up for you front end and back end. So it makes your life a whole lot easier um, and of course, we publish these shows Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So as, uh, as you see them, make sure that you make comments on them. We love questions. Um, we do special question shows. So if you've got questions, put them out there wherever you're watching this. And we're on all the major podcast channels. And we are more than glad to, uh, to answer any questions and bring that as part of our normal content. So thanks a lot. We'll see you guys back here next time. Adios. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Nation podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all the major channels. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. If you have friends and family that could benefit from their own Freedom Day, please share with them. Finally, join Freedom Nation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.